Okay, this is the third episode of the NSL podcast. That's for Never Stop Learning. I am Levi Evans. I am joined with Kevin Carroll, Morgan Skaith, Angela Rippey, the usual four. I don't know. We need a name for the usual four. Usual specifics. I don't gang. know. Uh, It'll always be us. It will be us. Part, so, until you guys kick me out. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. Likely. Yeah. There's a it's lot better names with three, I feel like. like <laughs> the three amigos. <laughs> yeah. Musketeers. Yeah, there you go. There's so many ways you can go. I see how this is going to turn out. <laughs> so we, yeah. It's like first we get you out of our text chain and like we create our own and you start Fair to enough. see them. And then we already, already did that. Yeah. <laughs> you are the weakest. Yeah. You'll be complaining about time or something. I don't know. I don't know. There's Good introduction, Levi. I feel very strong. That's my goal every time. Make you feel as comfortable as we can. Uh, but no, school is coming near, especially for us in Missouri, wherever you're listening from. Getting back to that time where we're getting back in our classrooms, getting everything ready. I guess... You are in a new building, Kevin, so you have a new office, not really a new classroom to get ready, but how's that going? Um, pretty good. I had a box that went around the block with me a couple times and drove from St. Joe to Green Valley uh, and didn't get out of the, the car ever and then rode back to me to St. Joe. So uh, eventually after I get it out of there, um, we were going to hang some stuff up, but they were talking about painting and or changing the office furniture, so I didn't feel it was very... Um, effective to go ahead and hang everything up and then take it back down so um but eventually you will get to see the smiling faces of my children on the walls in my (laughs) office yeah my wife got really mad because in my classroom last year there was no pictures of her or my daughter i'm just like really bad at remembering to bring pictures and stuff i think that's important for kids to see too by the way but i just never do that I should. It so I'm not never sure occurred to me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It helps with, like, the relationship building. I've read Angela, some, I've read some stuff on it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's it. Like, the idea like, mystery. Like, yeah. How to figure this teacher out. Uh, Morgan, I guess we've been going back together, so. Yeah, so we got into school, kind of started working on the layout, setting things up, kind of got our to-do list up and ready to start pounding things out. Good. Done. It is my least favorite time of the year not because i'm not ready to go back i love going back to school i can't stand getting everything set up and i love it oh come on which is great Joanna Gaines. So. yeah yeah <laughs> like i love like oh man if we were like diving into curriculum and plans and like figuring out what we were going to teach so is this why you didn't come help make curtains that's absolutely <laughs> oh, why like God. i can get excited about like pd and going back for things like that but i just can't get excited for setting stuff up i get so bored I hate doing busy work like that. It's just, it's not fun for me. And I don't know how to make things look good. Like, I know. I know that about myself. I feel like, that exact same way. I'm like, that's not my skill set. And I like want to copy off of like my teen teachers because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what makes sense here. And like, I have like fun ideas and I like to think about it, like how to make the space like interactive and stuff like that. But like, I don't, I don't know. Like so, the follow through. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'd rather, like, I like to think about curriculum and like, you know, like how I, how to deliver a message or something like that in a lesson. So I don't know. So yeah. that's where all my time goes. I do think it's such an important foundational piece. Though. Yeah, like I do think it's important. I don't mean to act like it's not. In yeah, a nice, organized, clean area. Completely just, agree. Yes, I'm just terrible. Feels at it. homey. Leva just wants someone else. Yeah, to they want to be. There. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. That's how you. That's how you start so, it off. Angela, right? you've uh, been kind of thinking about setting up your classroom some, and yeah, I just am not not good at that so I haven't been like thinking a lot about it obviously now I'm going to try and bring some 
pictures. Apparently, I should be doing that. So. You know, I saw a cool thing where step they had one. all the kids yeah, bringing pictures, one. too, of their families, yeah. and they had just a whole area where they had all the families on display, and so it was just kind of yeah. just that Which is, It's yeah. funny that I never thought about that, because I actually, for a short period of time, worked in a daycare in a La Petite, and they, like, literally tell you to do that. So it's funny that, like, I never, like, transferred yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the kids. Yeah, they say for the kids and... You yeah, it's not like when you start too. actually teaching. Like There's not role. another other million things you have to worry about. Well, you have yeah, to remember true. every yeah, little thing. But true. so we were kind of thinking about for new teachers, you've got a million things going on. One of the first things we said um, that was really important for us as new teachers was to really find your people and find like your group and who you can go to when you feel like you have those silly questions. Um, and, and we tackled that a little bit in the collaboration podcast. You listen to that. That's the second podcast or episode two but I just think it is so important as a new teacher to as quickly as you can search for those people in those build in that building that will help you grow as a teacher will help you develop as a willing teacher uh, and, and if you can't find it in your building not that you won't be able to you should but get on Twitter find Google community groups uh, find ed camps different places where you can go to make those connections with teachers that are willing to help. Also, you're gonna to have to put yourself out there. Um, a lot of staff, and I'm guilty of it myself, um, you get in the grind of being back to school, you don't think about, you know, oh, I, it's a month in and I haven't checked on my new teachers yet, which, you know, as a principal, I try to be a little bit better than a month in, but, um, Rippy, don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, you know, once you get busy, and. and you know, don't go in and shut your door and hide. Uh, go out there. If you have a question, ask, you know, a friendly face, ask somebody because they all are willing to help. Um, and so don't just go in and try to fake your way through it. If you really genuinely have a question, ask your principal, ask your instructional coach, ask a teacher uh, and get the help you need. And, and that's going to be something that nobody is going to be able to do for you. You're going to have to take the initiative to do it. And it's nice to like kind of maintain because like you definitely like the experienced teachers in the building definitely like have the scoop on a ton of stuff but it's also really nice to like be touching base with other new teachers because you guys can figure out the stuff that you don't even know you're supposed to be asking or you know what I mean because somebody usually has like some idea of something that they were supposed to turn in or supposed to know about or password or whatever you know and um, so at least it's a good idea to figure out some of the stuff that you need to hit the ground with know what you don't yeah know. know what you don't know yeah. yeah exactly find out the other questions you should be asking too mm -hmm. that's always so hard with those new teacher things they're always people are always like okay so ask all your questions i know you have a million right. questions yeah and it half the time you're just as a new teacher overloaded with all this information right. that you don't know what to ask you have no idea even where yeah, to how begin to prioritize yeah. It. yeah and as a new administrator in a, in a well i guess a new building for me it's that's where I'm at right now I've told so many people I don't know what I don't know yet like I don't know what I'm missing like I know there's something that I'm not getting done because of the fact that when I was a principal in my previous you know school I knew what was coming I knew the handbook needed to be done I need to make sure I sent that to print shop well my new district doesn't have print shop and so and they do things digitally versus you know paper and so um, that was something that was a little different for me uh, as my growing pains in a new district so feel you guys <laughs> so right off with that this episode is all just for new teachers uh, specifically not as much on how you're getting along with other teachers and your relationships there but the actual teaching the actual getting into your classroom and setting things up and with 
how you interact with your students. So that's what we're going to kind of go through today. And veteran teachers, this there will be things that apply to you too, and in the fact that be mindful of the ones that are in your in your building and think about the things that we're telling them because you can reach out to them and, and kind of be like, hey, yeah, I can help you with your classroom setup or, oh, yeah, I forgot this is where your resources are. This is how you log into this. And so um, whenever we're telling them uh, the different things, you can also listen to this and get some um, ideas on how to be helpful for those new staff. Okay, so quick, funny, if you have them, if you don't have them, it's okay. Stories from your first year teaching, mistakes you made, there's millions of them. So I, I wish, like, I can't even remember all the stories of the mistakes I made, but like, Morgan, you have one, right? Yeah, so um, this wasn't actually my first year teaching, but this was my first year teaching fifth grade. And so I was explaining to my kids why I was lining them up and we were going to get them all together in a group at the end of the day because I had to go do duty. And they're like, what? I said, I have to go do duty. They're like, what do you mean? Is that I have to go outside and do duty. And then I realized after the third time I had said it, they just wanted to hear me say that over and over again. They thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, so not teaching fifth graders before, I didn't really think that through as I was saying it until after. And they got a kick out of that. So. Yeah, as a former fifth grade teacher, you literally can't say anything. <laughs> and let me tell you what I did say. So um, first year teacher um, was like on top of things, so I thought. And we're doing a running record with a friend that was um, having a little bit of difficulty. And so I was like, I'm going to take some notes and figure out what's, you know, is this a fluency breakdown? Does he not comprehend? And so he comes across a word and he's talking about, um, he, he didn't know the word, um, he didn't pronounce it correctly. So me, I just randomly look in the book to give an example, a teachable moment, right? Like, here we go. And so I picked this word and it was T-I and I said, T-I can say T or tie, you know, it could be either one. Well, then I finish the word and I give the, the sound of the incorrect word and it was D-Y at the end of it. And so I was saying T and then the D-Y. It's a clean podcast, so careful. <laughs> so, so that was fun. And so he's laughing at me. I'm laughing at myself. And I promptly send him back to his seat and to collect myself because I didn't know what kind of damage I was going to have to undo with this poor child and luckily his mom was a teacher and we got a good laugh at it so that was a good oh, time that is good yeah Miss speaks are funny uh misspeaks happen all the time i wish i could remember all of them my story is kind of embarrassing myself because i shouldn't do this and i probably shouldn't have these conversations i like to carry a yardstick around with me sometimes just to be funny i call it lightning uh, don't know where that came from never had a teacher do this before i used to carry around a staff at school when i was in school uh I called myself Moses, and I'd get in like the hallways and pretend to like park the scene. As like everyone to go around. One of them finally took it away from me, um, but I did that for a long time. So maybe that's where it comes from. Yeah, and so I walk around with this yardstick, and I call it lightning because uh, when kids say something, or sometimes if they're off task, I always sort of like, oh, do you hear that thunder? It's like you know what thunder means, right? Lightning's coming, you know, and I like joke around. And some students are really good at joking around with. So my first year, I was fourth grade student. We were in the back of the classroom. Everybody else was working on something. And we were joking around about lightning, you know, and lightning striking and what that was going to mean because he wanted to touch lightning or something. And I'm having, like, this full-on conversation with this kid and joking around about this yardstick and, you know, <laughs> what I guess what it could do or what, you know. And all of a sudden, we have, like, glass walls so you can see outside of your classroom and people can see inside of it. And like two or three principals from our district 
walk over and they were in the room right next to us and they walk over and are just like looking in <laughs> kind of weird and like making eye contact so I go out and I'm like oh do you guys need something and they were like oh no we were just trying to figure out what lightning was <laughs> and I was holding lightning and they had clearly figured it out and so really, I was super embarrassed Mr. Evans is speaking in his like quiet voice right now, so if you ever hear his teacher voice, you can pretty much hear it throughout the whole school. That is true. So I'm sure everyone probably was wondering, what is lightning? And I think I'm hilarious when I'm joking, uh, and so then I'm even louder then because I'd love, you know, that's a that's a problem of mine. So, so that's that was mine. So like my kind of snafu is more like went under it's kind of more like a list <laughs> um it was like it's just a series of things when i was trying to figure stuff out because i really believe in the being a facilitator and um kind of like making school whatever we want it to be we're there all the time it should be awesome right so um i like let the students have kind of a big voice and so like trying to find the balance was you know a challenge for me that first year and like still is so because i don't like to say no unless i have a legitimate reason to say no so kids would have their shoes out here's my list so um they would sit on tables that's still a thing um they have their shoes off until we finally had a tornado drill and i'm like okay so that's a mistake we're not doing that yeah. <laughs> anymore I'm surprised the smell like wasn't a mistake <laughs> for you like i i'm i went like nose blind immediately oh. <laughs> um we raced another class in the hallway once <laughs> where was your principal when this was happening <laughs> one time okay so i had so i'd let the kids turn in their spelling tests on fridays like i'd open up the box and open up the folder and they'd make paper airplanes to turn them in. <laughs> I do recall either wadded up pieces of paper I do remember what you think. Well like a sub point. apparently was like I think that it's a mess because she's new and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like okay A that's fair but B you would want to be in my class and it's awesome. <laughs> but um and then the one other thing that was really funny and awkward was um like having like a color chart about like you know if you're just like not getting it together behaviorally or whatever if you do hit red or whatever that's the like I'm gonna call home let them know you had kind of a rough day see what we can get figured out about it um so anyway so they eventually made one for me and I'm like again I'm like all right whatever that's fine so they put me on red and I'm like okay so we're gonna call home for me <laughs> and so I let him yeah I let him call my husband and I'm like but I had to explain to them about phone calls so I'm like okay, so you have to say something like positive and like nice and stuff and let them know that you like think I'm great and whatever. And then like, let them know the behavior the that Oreo. I need to work yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you need to follow up. And so like I had one of my students and like, we we're all huddled around my phone. I'm like, Oh God, I feel like this is such a big mistake right now. But anyway, so we called. <laughs> this is amazing. This is not a snap through. This is just awesome. <laughs> so anyway, we call and she's like, um, Miss Rippy is really good, but she's also very bad and she's really good. Bye. <laughs> so, so then we all like laughed awkwardly about that. And I'm like, okay, that will be the last time we will be doing that. <laughs> but that was a good job. I do love so. your willingness to try something. And yeah. learning from the mistakes is the more important part. I do appreciate the shoes being on and I didn't have barefoot students outside. I know, outside or I, know. In the hallway, I, so. know. I'm like, I know, I was trying not to look at you when I was <laughs> reciting this list of stuff. Uh. So any future administrator watch her like a hawk, she is probably <laughs> going to do something I mean, but really. <laughs> um, so that kind of brings up the idea of building relationships. I know we were talking about classroom setup, but you know, once you have your classroom set up, you're gonna wanna build those relationships. And man, you, you're talking about those things like snafus, but really, I mean, gosh, what a fun way 
to really connect with your students? I mean, what are some ideas for new teachers for building relationships? Before we jump into that, I will say, you cannot learn from someone you don't like. And so it's almost impossible to learn from someone you don't like. And so that relationship piece is huge. I, I mean, you can, but you don't learn as much whenever you... No, absolutely. Uh, I was trying to read your mannerisms. No, yeah, no, I was agreeing with <laughs> okay. you. I was like, uh, he's leaning and nodding disapproval. So uh, let me curb this comment. No, relationships. Uh, relationships, that's just huge, obviously. And we all know it, and teachers all talk about it, but really keeping that mindset every day of how important that relationship is because uh, by the time we are teachers we are older individuals and we view relationships different than children do uh, i think about, about that a lot of times on we don't forget things as easily as children's will or children's children will <laughs> yeah children's but but we we won't forget things that happen or yeah. moments in that relationship and they almost always will forget anything unless it's positive sometimes. And so I just think remembering that, that each day is a new day with your relationship with that child and just only good can come from building relationships. Absolutely. That importance of starting over, especially whenever you're building those relationships and, and uh, you have a rough day and like you said, that, that brand new start, that, you know, the day following. Like, I think you can also switch it up. Like, if a day is going kind of, like, rough for you, I think you, like, if you are a reflective person or if you can kind of catch yourself in it, like, if it's definitely, like, a culture problem or if you're, if they're just not being responsive and you catch your, that you're, you're using that voice you don't want to use or if you're, like, kind of yelling or being short with people or something like that with your students, I think you can catch yourself and be, like, and either, like, initiate a discussion, like, hey, what do you think is going on? Do you think it's me? Do you think, you know what I mean? And, like, I mean, I definitely, we had some of those talks because you know I don't that's exhausting to be like that all day and to live like that and it's exhausting for them and so yeah. um, it's nice to bring that up and then it's also and then like to make that extra effort to like literally like try to play or you know have fun during the day like if you're having a rough day to like make that your goal is like yes you have all these academic things you were gonna cover and whatever but like if you're if you're not covering them and if you it's also terrible at least make it not terrible you know yeah and then get back to covering them. I think so. it's not a problem to take a timeout. And yeah. it doesn't always have to be a timeout for like disciplinary, like you're gonna sit with your head down and <laughs> I'll show you. Like sometimes it's like, yeah. okay, we're getting a little bit negative, we're getting a little off course here. Why don't we take a timeout and do an activity that's a preferred activity? A short, quick, yeah. something that they would enjoy, bring back some positive energy into the classroom, get some smiles on their face, and then you can kind of continue on. And, and that's definitely a good strategy to to bring as a new teacher is whenever you're going there and you see it kind of, I'm not wanting to incite chaos, but try to find the right activity that would be something that is a preferred activity because obviously they're in, in a non-preferred activity for a good portion of the day unless you're, you know, as a new teacher, you're just trying to, you know, figure things out yourself. As a veteran, maybe you'll get a little bit better about making those non-preferred seem like a preferred activity and trick them into that a little bit, but um, definitely finding that balance and working through that is huge and getting them an opportunity for that preferred activity. I think it's really important that you have that relationship piece built so then you can read those signs of your classroom and your individuals. Um, and read their behavior and kind of figure out, okay, I can see him starting to shut down and you're able to kind of make that connection with that student because you have the relationship there and you understand them, they understand you. Um, and really, not only building the relationship between teacher and student, but 
the students together and teachers and parents. So what other relationship advice do you have? Yeah, I always come back to the, the two things I'm going to try to have when I build a relationship with students is I'm going to be supportive 100% of the time and I'm going to have high expectations 100% of the time. Yeah. And I always, when I'm talking with parents about their student, I'm always trying to make them see that that's my thought process. A, a lot of times we get caught up on like you have to either be supportive or you have to have like this high expectation and really those go together you can be supportive while having those expectations. You know, being supportive is not being a best friend or giving them everything they're looking for, but it's being there with them to help them through their day or whatever they're going through or just being supportive of their life and different things going on. So I always, when I'm talking to parents, I always wanna make sure they know first that their child is the most important thing to me. And I think once they realize that you care about the same thing they care about and finding success for their student uh, parent relationships works really well yeah i read something about how students when they come into your classroom one of the first questions they are wondering is do you care they want to know does this person care about me and that relationship piece just from the get-go so important i think the relationships has saved a lot of potentially not so great lessons that I might have been going down a path and you know I was able to say whoa okay let's time out let's start over let's back up and the kids were really good with it and they um, were able to laugh with me and um, we were able to get back on track and you know kind of save it it, it was always my goal to be very um, real with my students um, talk to them like they were human beings and not talk down to them and so when I would um, make mistakes or when I would not know the answer I was always very forthcoming about it and we would learn together and so a lot of times I read books um, that I had never read before just to be able to ex experience that discovery with them and so those kinds of relationships like that are, are huge and they can change your whole entire class dynamics and so uh, if there's anything that I can you know really stress for a brand new teacher is I don't I'm not saying be their friend I am not saying you know try you know what I mean I'm not yeah. saying those things I'm saying build the relationship get to know them on a personal level and you know those things will take you really far I think too there's like you said don't be their friend but I think it's important too to understand what they're into and you know what mm -hmm. if they want to do the floss like then have a floss competition <laughs> at a recess because you know what they're gonna love that and that's gonna build that relationship there so not being their friend per se, but taking an interest in their interests and then having something that you can have in common with them and they'll think, oh my gosh, my teacher's so cool. Like, yeah. I want to I want to work hard for her. I want to, you know. Or him. Or him. <laughs> well, I was putting it in. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just making sure. But, yeah. Happens a lot. I think if you... Or him. Do you? Um, I think that if you like are talking with parents relatively frequently and if you are building good relationships there too I think that does kind of a lot with your relationship with the student like I I feel like I called home a lot and I think and like that and like I that was one of my like I really stuck to it if a kid ended up on red or whatever I really called home because I wasn't because if I say it I'm gonna do it like you know mm -hmm. so um, 
and I think, and it was kind of like I think they liked it, <laughs> like with, even when I called home about behaviors, because they just like liked that I talked to their mom or whatever. You know, what I mean, they just like like to know that they, they like love I talked to them, and you know, there's any connection outside of school. Yeah, it was like, like I going couldn't to even a explain to you like how surprised I was, how much they liked it. Those conversations yeah. or seeing them out yeah. in public, they love coming in the next day and telling all their friends like, oh yeah, I saw, yeah, Mrs. You know, whoever at. Walmart or, or whatever. Mister. Yeah, or yeah. Mister. I was about to say that. That was my next example. Gosh, I feel slightly like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about but, doctor? Does doctor ever? <laughs> but those those connections just mean so much more to them. Yeah. And I I think what I forget as a teacher, like Morgan and I have talked about this a lot, like our goal for this year, and I think it should be a new teacher's goal, is to build those relationships, not just through those call homes to to be about behavior, but call home or, you know, use the Remind app and text home or find that way to connect and really support the positive behavior and really yeah. support the positives in the classroom and that hard work and because that means something to I those kids too. too. But it was hard. It is hard. Like I felt like it, like I would do that. I would try and make an effort and do that and like, you know, and call home about positive behaviors. But like it was also hard in my class because I always tried to like notice the positive behaviors too so it was like a lot easier to end up on purple than it yeah. was to end up on red in my class too and so um i had to be like okay so if you get on purple like three times i'll call home or you know right, that was still right. kind of a lot so yeah i will say um, a lot of times too with parent phone calls they're you're very nervous and um it sometimes can read through as a it can kind of set parents off if you're like not you're careful. really informal with them yes. you're like it so it's well, like you're it, not if you're too formal with them or it, yeah that's i'm sorry yes. that's what i meant if yeah. you're too if formal, you're too formal them, then it, it sounds gives, like you're not causes that stress and anxiety right. to the parent like there's something really wrong yeah and so and i'm not saying like laugh and joke with them that's not yeah. although like just yeah, build the relationship, yeah. build right, relationship. so yeah. you don't want to make something that's small seem really really large by being too formal and so right. you want to say mrs mr whoever but you just want to be able like, to reassure them that plainly. this is something that you can work through and yeah and um, the, you value their kid absolutely. and that's like number one absolutely. you value their kid you because you want to communicate that there was an issue but it's students and kids make mistakes yeah like, and you put that, that in happens. perspective yeah. yeah so you're like i have this perspective you need to know that i know this and i'm not judging yeah. you there's right no, this yeah. isn't exactly yeah, yeah. I think, too, as a new teacher, it's super scary calling parents because you don't know. But you got to think, too, that parent, when they see that school phone number pop up on their phone, they're probably feeling some apprehension, some, you know, what what's going on? You know, is my kid in trouble? Are they hurt? There so may have been a sigh and an eye roll a couple realizing, times. Realizing. <laughs> whenever I call somebody. Yes. <laughs> realizing, though, that they are human beings, too, and you are communicating with another human being. Like, just kind of putting that awareness that you know yeah put knowing. it in perspective so yeah. like how would you want how would you want to answer the phone to that call too and so it's like hey you know i mean it is like kind of that yeah. you know being a little bit more like just positive personable. like try to be yes. positive and personable when you're you calling mean, yeah. yeah because it's and like act like it's hey this is just a thing I know you know it's or a whatever. buzzword and we'll probably eventually touch on that someday day yeah. down the road but um growth mindset of whenever you make a mistake that you can improve from it and you can make a difference so mm -hmm. yeah so let's get off the relationships a little bit. I, again, as a new teacher, we're telling you that's important. And that's kind of, I feel like, something you just learn as you start to develop these relationships with kids and parents. You just start to, through experiences, learn what works best for you and how to develop those things. So just don't shy away from them. Yeah, 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 that's the big piece probably. Right and I, I think most people get into education 
excited about those relationships. So, because if, if they didn't, I doubt they would get into education. So, you know, um, as we think about, I guess, setting up the classroom, I told you it was my least favorite thing, so I really can't talk much on this, but what are the important things as you're physically setting up your classroom? Getting everything moved around, putting everything. I think just setting it up for what you want to do in there. Like you want to make sure that you have it the spot where you're having your whole group instruction and your small group instruction. Um, and like that you can walk through the class if you're going to be monitoring independent work. Just having it, like having it ready to go for what you actually want to have happen in there is like the big practical piece, I think. It's almost also, like a, oh, go ahead. Don't be afraid to change it up once the kids are in there. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I sometimes pull the chairs out and then pretend like there's kids actually sitting in the seats and then try and walk through because I'm prone to running into all the desks. That's a really good idea. But the second that kids get in there, you're probably going to see problems arise with your setup and just, you know, go with the flow, trust your gut, change things up if you need to, and make it work for your students. And as a new teacher, I changed up the physical setup of my classroom all the time to make it, like Angela was saying, just flow to however you're teaching. And guess I mean I haven't taught a lot but this is going to be year four and I imagine I will we will change the setup just as much as I ever did I mean we change oh, up yeah. our setup all the time I so, guarantee we'll be dragging tables and desks around all year first couple days of school just to make it work for us so really don't get hung up on the physical setup of your room also don't get hung up on making your room this like insane crazy Pinterest beautiful classroom you know make it comfortable make it homey make it organized but don't make it... Yeah, stop spending your own money to do like, that. It, it's not Frustrates a competition. Me. I mean... I just feel bad. Like, these teachers are spending so much money to yes. yeah, make it. And, you know, I, I understand why. And you do want that homey feel. But make sure... Balance. It is a balance. And yeah. guess what? There's always going to be something that's way better out there on Pinterest. And there's always going right. to be this crazier, awesome idea. Yeah, don't make awesome it a idea. keeping up with the Joneses kind yeah. of competition exactly. either. Well, and think about in phases. Like, what do I need right now to get started to make sure that everybody yeah. has what they need? And then I can move into a little bit later what might be a little a good addition to that and then just walk through that you don't have to go in with everything and think yeah. about the kids like too. really what's going to help like where are kids going to turn in things absolutely and yeah that kind of just, stuff and also let the kids be a part of it if you're a first year teacher absolutely. and you have the ability mm -hmm. to let the students have some voice and um and choice in the matter then do that but i definitely agree with you guys what you're saying is make it work for you what is the purpose of this area and what are you going to use it for and make sure it, it meets those needs so you might not even know if it meets that need until you actually get bodies in there and kids in there and you're moving around and you realize oh this isn't going to work and that's fine too and i i think just that idea of being open to change and being willing to say hey this didn't work that is important in teaching. That's important not just your first year, that's important every year you teach on saying, hey, I can change what I'm doing to make it fit maybe this class, maybe mm -hmm. maybe it's this, this group that I'm working with is different in some way, so I need to change what I've always done. Not being afraid to change and try new things and find something better is so important. And as a new teacher, sometimes you feel stuck. Like you feel like, uh, I don't know if I can change this because this is all I know right yeah. now. This is what I was told or this maybe worked for that teacher who told me they did this, but it's not working yeah. for me. Maybe I just need to keep trying it. Don't, don't be afraid to change what you do. But also, like, um, I feel like I kind of erred on the 
other side of that sometimes I got myself super overwhelmed like you can also like limp like if you're overhauling something that's kind of a big deal in what you're doing like limit that maybe to like you make one major change no more than one major change like in a month like of course your physical classroom setting or whatever you can do like right in the moment or whatever any of that kind of stuff but like if you have a some priorities that you're moving around or whatever like you need to like let stuff try and try and find a balance and figure out what's working what's not working don't change also, your um discipline your you know if you have yeah, a your chart, whole then management I'm do marbles, system and then, and then, yeah. then you'll get overwhelmed yeah easily you've got the constant changes and your kids will won't know what again and it's going back to what you said before i what i what i say i'm going to do and so when you're yeah. saying something and then you're not doing it because it changes so often then they really don't subscribe to it and then it becomes really pointless so um, be thoughtful in what you decide to do and try to see it through a little bit longer and maybe make subtle tweaks if you're going to do something but don't throw the whole baby out with the bathwater if you can yeah. help it so. so it's i think that's going to be kind of the big theme is like balance because you do want to definitely be able to change like it's a big deal for you to like be able to make your life easier but also to make your life easier and the kids lives easier like to also know not to change all the time yeah you know? in and I guess the change I was really referring to is teaching style, presentation, things yeah. that are easy yeah, to that change. You can fix. All of yeah. those easy ones you can fix as soon as you as soon as you want to. Yeah, like, and just try new things and yeah. own up to trusting yourself to be able to try new things and right. to be a great educator, you know. And to model that for students too, like that you can you can change things and that you can try something out so and like make it so it's not scary for them because you do it too. That's like what Kevin said, you know, he might be in the middle of a lesson and say, you know what, guys, this really isn't working. Like I can tell like we're, you know, not focused here or whatever and you're able to trust your gut, see, you know, read your students and then just make that change even though it might not be on the lesson plan book or whatever, that you are able to adapt to your kids and their needs. And then also go back and reflect on what you did, why it didn't work, and then move forward in the future. And I think that that is the biggest thing about being a new teacher is there's always things to learn from and there's always things to opportunities for growth and so but if you miss it by not slowing down enough to reflect about it and process it i know levi you are a big reflection guy. yeah that's my favorite word in education <laughs> that's so true many. it's, my, it's my favorite word in it. education because you forget about it and like you're saying you have to prioritize it because it's so easily forgotten for students for educators and it is the most important thing in education as a new teacher, I almost wish, like, my principal was like, okay, you're going to turn in your daily reflection to me. What was one thing you did great? What was one thing you would improve? Because I would really have liked to have just taken the time to process through my day, write that all out, and then, you know, go on and yeah. learn from that. But, you know, you get so bogged down in everything. And right. so yeah. making yourself do that reflection and that reflective piece. I would be open to any medium where an individual want to reflect because when you said I would love to write down my reflection, I literally was like, I would rather do anything else. But, uh, <laughs> but, <That's me. laughs> but like, if you want to chat with somebody, if you want right. to make That's a video, huge. if you yeah. want to just do a little voice memo on your phone where you're like, okay, so today didn't go, and just find a way to process out the day with someone, with yourself, and provide that um, opportunity for um, yeah it like growth. people people get mad at me sometimes like at my school because I feel like that's how I reflect is like I'm gonna talk about education a hundred percent of the time that's what I talk about and so I'm always reflecting on hey, did this, 
what we did that is that right there or if we're thinking about doing something new uh wait okay what experiences do i have that connect with that that how would this go and trying to think down all those lines of where it can go and i'm just a reflective person naturally too or not i, I guess not naturally i've learned it throughout my life uh and it's just kind of how i'm set up and i love reflecting and just seeing the power of it finding it maybe it's on twitter like create that educational twitter and connect with those people and reflect that way find someone who loves talking education and talk about your lesson and how you think it went great and what you could do better or just think about it take two minutes after you've taught something to say hey how did that really go or i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna look at my kids ticket out that formative assessment and i'm gonna really look at where their misconceptions are and not just think about my students but think about my teaching mm -hmm. Okay, what can I change so that this misconception won't be a problem next time I teach that? I mean, there's just so many versions of reflection in education. And I think people passively reflect all the time through conversation. Like, you don't, like, I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to reflect with you, mm -hmm. Ms. Rippey, Like, it's right not now. necessarily yeah. intentional, <laughs> yes. but yeah, that's, a natural Yeah, that sounds like a conversation I'd run away from. Uh, <laughs> 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 like, let's have reflection yeah. time. Let's no. have a reflection I know, that life. does, it does yeah. sound, I that's another that. one of those but things that sounds yeah, like it's going to be cheesy, but it's actually super powerful. But I do it all the time. Like, I never think, I'm gonna go reflect right now yeah. and I literally just talk about and process things out and we're like yeah. that didn't go well what should we what yeah. should we do to fix that and then you know Angela comes up with a great idea and then we move <laughs> with it so no just kidding but we you know just that process of you know being vulnerable enough to say okay lay it on me what what how bad was that <laughs> like what really happened and so um, and then taking that reflection and that feedback and moving forward and, and improving. So and I that's think like that fail forward mindset, you know, really where like, man, you could be like, wow, today was a bad day and that lesson went horribly. And then you can reflect on it and say, okay, what, where did, you know, what broke down there and reflecting on that and then learning from it and moving forward. And just always knowing that there is a better version of yourself. There is a better teacher of yourself that's out there and I think that's something to to always remember because you can feel like oh, I'm a really good teacher and then you get caught up and you do the same thing and you just are like I'm gonna keep doing this but you can keep getting better and having that concept is just so important and it comes back to being able to reflect and say how am I gonna get better and to take someone's advice you might say hey you know yeah. you're, you're kind of doing this and it's it's not really working and to be able to take that and say oh you know what I thought it was working, but maybe it's not, and I need to look at this differently. And Yeah, and it's so powerful because you're reflecting on your own practice, and like there are a lot of things that we like to do to develop professionally, and it usually has to do with other people's ideas and like how they implement a process or what tool do they use or something like that. And like in reality, like just like how you would have to like check what students currently have and what their like their need is, you have to check in on your current teaching practice before you can like I mean, you can add in all these other things, but you got to see where your real need is. And it is a good idea for you to reflect on it, but also to have like another outside perspective to observe you and kind of see some of the stuff that you're doing. Um, and then that way you can, you know, just get, get that feedback yeah. on what's or, actually happening in your class, like what you're actually doing. If your district allows it, uh, record yourself teaching a lesson. Yeah. That's really powerful. People don't want to do it. They don't like how they sound in the video. They don't like hearing themselves say um a million times or a certain word a million times and it is 
our, my instructional coach did it my very first year of teaching and it is still the most powerful reflection I've ever done to it's like sports you know like you're watching game tape on yourself and looking at it and saying okay here's how I can improve here's how I'm going to change here's you're, you're seeing it again from that different perspective and it's so powerful and just don't be afraid to ask someone to come in and record a lesson that you're teaching and then go back and watch it you think about like what you miss when you think back on your lesson you're like okay so how did it go and you're like well i remember that it went a little long for this and then i think that the the wrap-up wasn't very good but other than that it's okay and then when you literally watch the entire thing and you see all of the missed opportunities for mm -hmm. for learning or for um a teachable moment or anything like that that is a huge piece and i i agree like watching yourself I gave opportunities whenever you know as the principal um for for you to tape yourself yeah, I did. and I did that <laughs> people would take it up when they were willing to you know to you know but that's a big that's a risk it's putting yourself out there it's something that is captured and now you 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 know you think it's permanent and and really it's not it's just footage <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it um but no that's just the the situation that really grows individuals and so i didn't use it as well as i should have but the idea was there in the initial stages and we mm -hmm. just have to you know be able to grow from that is where we need to go now so yeah. i guess i'm just going to kind of take this and maybe it's a different way but i just look back at my first year of teaching and if i could give a new teacher any advice is it gets easier it gets better and it is the best job in the world it, mm -hmm. it is so rewarding of a career and I just think like my first half of my first year I felt many times like I was drowning in information and it was so hard and there were so many new things coming at me that I've never done before and I just didn't have those type of experiences and then as you start to get the hang of it and you start to understand how to process the information and work through everything, just take time to enjoy what you're actually doing and what you mean to these students and to not think about some of those, all the things you have to do and you know time management and getting used to that, but really go back and think about that purpose of why you do it and why it is such a rewarding job. And it goes back to make time for fun. Like make time to whether I mean it doesn't have to be a scheduled thing. I know some people are like writing down right now on a piece of paper of like, well, I'm going <laughs> to schedule in my day fun, and it's going to be like math, F U N, and then yeah. science. And I, fun. No, exactly. that's not what I mean. Every lesson yeah. you teach should be fun. Yes, but. absolutely. But I'm saying like be conscious about what you're doing and provide that student ownership. And even even if it's not the lesson design, even if it's not like I would do the dumbest things to get the students oh, yeah. engaged or like voices like accents um tell jokes like laugh with kids and that was what made a difference embarrass yourself I, yeah. Yeah. oh absolutely <laughs> if you're vulnerable enough to be a goofball, because then they will be absolutely right. yeah. and so whenever you whenever you're on you're on stage quote um and you're up there be something that's worth watching mm -hmm. be someone who's worth listening to and learning with and it's not ever just, and I was terrible about this at times where I would get off on a tangent and I'd go, and you guys all know because I'm sitting oh, here doing yeah. it right now. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, yeah. But, this whole podcast. No. <laughs> but um, that's something that I would improve on. But really, get the kids involved and give them a voice in what you're doing, and you'll see so much more ownership in the classroom, and they'll take pride mm -hmm. in what they're doing and what they're learning, and that is huge. Yeah, I don't think you have to um – I think if you 
are not necessarily aiming for perfect, but if you're aiming for fun, and as long as you just keep kind of your priorities, like, you know, of what you're trying to accomplish in the class, but you have to know your big perspective is this, you know, this has got to be an okay place, it's got to be a safe place, it's got to be a place these kids want to be, um, and, you know, and then you have your academic priorities and stuff, like, it's going to work out, like, it's going to be great, like, it's not you know like it's yeah. a work in progress but it's a great work in progress if like and it doesn't to have to be better, anywhere near perfect and probably never will you yeah know? if you want to get better you'll get better and it yeah. will get easier and you will really find that love and enjoyment for it as long as it is your passion and making sure that it is well so. and, and it's not like i'm trying not to be sappy or anything like that but this is an opportunity a fun opportunity for me to learn this is an opportunity where i'm learning from you three and providing a avenue what is fun for me like we spend a lot of time um some more than others Levi he spends a little (laughs) bit extra time doing the editing but this is fun and this is something that I'm learning from and taking good um things away from and that's important so thanks guys (laughs) thank you I guess you don't have to be the weakest I'm trying to campaign pretty hard to stay they are way nicer than I am (laughs) But I think we kind of talk about it too. Finally, make time for yourself outside of education. You, yeah. you cannot take it home always. It's really easy to do that. But to be able to turn it off and have fun with your family or those other important things in your life, having another hobby can be really important and fun. You know, mm-hmm. I just find ways to relax and to rest up and enjoy coming back in the next day because it's so easy to get overwhelmed with everything at school and then to take it home and feel overwhelmed at night and then you wake up the next day not energized because you've had this overwhelming feeling for so long and if you can leave some of it at school and go home and just have a good time and recharge yourself so you come in the next day ready to yeah like maybe if you have a couple of days where you're like I will not bring stuff home these couple of days because like you know there are plenty of days where at least I take stuff home and don't yeah. touch it. So it'd be nice to at least take that expectation. You know what I mean? That it's like, like the, in your energy. So it's like there, I know. You know. So if you like just leave it, you. yeah. yeah. So yes. you have that the whole night. You're like, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. If you just have give yourself those nights where you're like, okay, I'm definitely not doing this tonight. Well, you know. I mean, teacher burnout is real. Like yeah. it's something that we experience. Uh, people in our profession are are experiencing, and and it's because they aren't carving out enough time for themselves. There have been times where I've felt overwhelmed and, and like there was too much and there was spreading yourself too thin and, and really finding a way to carve out some time for yourself and some time for, like you said, hobbies. And, I know, I like that. Like have another and, focus. You know, if it is Sunday and you love football and you want to watch football all day, then carve out that day. Yeah. Then you work your tail off on Saturday and you know, except for college football, I apologize, <laughs> Levi, I would never step on your... So, you know, find the time that is going to be devoted to your family, to yourself, and, you know, make that a priority. You know, work is work and it's great and I, you know, everybody should put their efforts into becoming better, but really you need to make sure that you have those things as priorities as well and and yeah you separate them it's so easy to get just so into like your teacher self Mm -hmm. and that to take over Mm -hmm. everything else you need to have that boundary there i know when i had kids i decided that i would work on school at school and home would be home and that means i go in an hour earlier and sometimes stay a couple hours later but i rarely 
take things home because, like I was saying earlier, that bag of graded paper, like papers to grade. I know it's sitting in my closet, it's like haunting me. So just having that divide. Um, another thing I'm gonna try this year um, is some meditation before and after school. So right before, just kind of do a little Namaste. meditative practice. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> we have a mindfulness part of our schedule, by the way. Yeah, too. So it's real. Um, but meditating before and after to just kind of, you know, get that like bubble on before, like, you know, kind of putting up on your protective shield, making time for yourself. And then after, so you have that divide that between point. school yeah, the transition. and home. Yeah. Um, another thing with my husband or wife, for those of you <laughs> who have lives, um, I finally realized that my husband doesn't want to hear a play-by-play of my entire day. Yes, he day. does. <laughs> no, he does not. So that goes back kind of as a reflective piece, but then having that where it's like, okay, I'm going to tell him about one awesome thing that happened, and then we're done talking about school. So having that boundary there where you turn it off. Mm-hmm. And you always will have something that you have that's hanging or looming over your head. And there's always something to do. There's always something to do. Yeah, and so not, you have to prioritize and you have away. to say, you know what? Because I will tell you, like as a teacher, there were things that I never got done. Like right. I had ideas you and I was like, like, I'm going to do this. And literally it never came them. to fruition because I couldn't, there wasn't enough time. And it, by committing to this extra thing or this other things it wasn't a priority it wasn't affecting student needs it wasn't anything that was you know a major factor in my teaching but it's something i wanted to do and it fell off and that's okay it didn't have to be an accomplish everything because that's when the burnout happens is when you're trying to you have this enormous checklist that never-ending checklist of things you have to do and you're constantly knocking things off but at the expense of your sanity and your free time. And well, so, and your checklist will never be done. Yeah. You it will, will grow. You have to understand <laughs> that you have that to-do list. And if you haven't met an elementary teacher, like they literally are checklist know, heavy. They will gross. make a new thing. <laughs> they will make something up. They will be like, I need to I'll scrape put like the... drink coffee on my checklist just, just so I can check it off. Like check markers to see check if they're it. still moist. Check with a dry marker. Um, but really that to-do list, you got to know that you have your need to-dos and your nice to-dos. So what do you need to do? So right now you stop in your classroom. What do I need to do? Okay, I'm about to have kids walk in. Let's make sure the math review is out. That's step one. So just putting that one foot in front of the other and not getting bogged down because the to-do list will not end and it, you won't ever have it all checked off. So. And I think just my final thing is always to remember that you're you're doing this job because you love working with kids, you love making an impact, and don't lose that. I think teacher burnout happens a lot of times because you lose sight of that. You it's easy to fall into a negative way of thinking in education or listening to other people who maybe are negative about the job and education because there are some really hard things sometimes. But just remember why you do it and just remember just that great feeling of a kid finally understanding something that they haven't for a long time or that relationship and that kid that still is excited to come see you even when they're four grade levels older and they come back and give you a hug or freak out when you see them out you know out in public like that's the reason I do it and just remember that like always remember that I love new teachers because they're so excited like they have so much excitement for this profession and what they do 
already and I just love that energy and I just I want them never to lose it and it's so easy to lose that energy and I just I never want it lost absolutely the 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 fact that sometimes whenever they get that contract and they get a job and they're so thankful and they're so appreciative and then later on that appreciation kind of disappears and that excitement administrator side coming out no no there is but i'm just saying like remember that like i mean i try to as an administrator to remember when i hired you (laughs) (laughs) remember you were living in a cardboard box before i got to it but like literally like it's important to remember that positivity and and dwelling on the negative is so easy and it's human nature the one thing that went wrong during the day that was a great day is what you can't sleep at night about. And you cannot let that eat you alive. You have to be able to flip and think about all of the positive things that happen. I'm guilty of it. A lot of people are guilty of letting that negative run them. And so don't do it. You know, you're going to have to overcome. Meditate. Meditate. <laughs> Meditate and acknowledge your thoughts and let them go. There we go. Final quick advice. Angela, Morgan, do you have any final advice for him? Not me, though. I mean, I don't get to give <laughs> you just, you just did give final advice. I had something I was thinking of before your tangent. <laughs> Another Kevin Tangent ruins the podcast. I think we could, like, podcast. reach maybe even further about, like, not letting negativity, like, not being inundated with that or letting that overwhelm you. I think you can, like, if you get really on top of it and on top of yourself and your own emotions and how you feel about your job, like, it if you can like actually just reach for the positive part of it because it is an awesome job like it is amazing it and like it is so easy to give yourself so much extra work and you know and like just because you're trying to be better and whatever but that like that's also why it's exciting is that it's a challenging job like you know and you get to work with other people and you know it's just like I think we can also you can go that step further and be like just remember that you want to be here every day like it's more fun than being at home also (laughs) And then yeah. play back your your uh, August self and in May. Yeah, to that's see fair. On, on the, the positive side, because it's easy. I mean, right before finger Christmas break and things like that, it's it's tough. You need that's where those breaks are built in. That you think it's for the kids mm. and family time, and it's for you to regain your sanity. No, summer's you. way too it's long. A, you're not an en- energizer bunny. Time. You know, you have to recharge. And I always think you cannot pour from an empty cup. So you have yeah. got to take care of yourself, make self-care important. Put that bubble up, that barrier up a little bit so that, you know, you do have that separation so that you can recharge, take those breaks, do you, and then come back and be that energized, awesome teacher. Yeah. So we would love to have new teachers on at some point and kind of hear about them throughout their year. We can probably try to find some from each of our districts and kind of talk and figure that out and see how the year's going and kind of update update how these things are affecting your own classroom and your own self. So this has been the third episode. It is now over, lucky for you guys, and we will see you next time. Oh, you, co- you want more? Keep coming. <laughs>